You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast, where the 90s never ends. Hello, and welcome again to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. To the blessed few who are listening, I am Hypnopotamus Rex, and joining me is Carmen Ranger. How are you doing there, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good, good. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to stay peppy. Yeah. Get up to much recently? No. Yeah. Cool, cool. Oh, yeah, you um... know, sticking with single syllables—that's <laughs> nice and consistent. We're, you know. Well, you know, yeah. I figured I'd, I figured I'd go out on a limb and try a different approach to podcasting. You know, um, we've not been getting much attention lately with me kind of giving decently thought out, you know explanations of things so i'm just gonna go full-on monosyllabic yeah i mean to be honest in my time in editing this podcast uh, the main theme of it is um you know mainly with you talking i time the thing by looking at the times i talk and it's mostly just me going yeah oh, okay ooh, or just laughing a little so i think yeah well, that's... Cool. so it's so this is actually the carmen ranger podcast featuring hypnopotamus Rex. yes exactly um if anything i'm just I'm, I'm a little john cameo in the background just like a yeah what <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm just okay, I'm, cool. I'm the hype man I, i'm your whacker flock of flave <laughs> hang on did i no hang on i just i just oh god no. I, I i mixed up two rappers i was thinking uh, I mixed oh no, flav- how dare you, yeah. you ignorant honky. I I, I mixed um, Flavor Flav with the... Is it Wacka Flocka Flame? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. You got the joke of Macho Man Randy Savage. I thought you know more about Yes, the, I did the get the joke of Macho world. Man Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, that that's the kind of... Um, you know, I want... Yeah, that's the kind of rap group I want to see. I want to see Wacka Flocka Flame and... Flavor Flav just come together now. Oh, you know we we've lost a lot in the hip hop community now. We've lost serious um, credibility. Yes, I, I know. I know we had uh, a lot of a lot of fans. Oh well, at least we'll have to um, sell ourselves to the community that cares about us most. The Juggalos. Yeah, the Juggalos are always there for us, but that might just be yeah. like funneling Fago to them. <laughs> we'll have to get you some juggalo makeup have it look like the uh, cougar emblem <laughs> oh, do it in clown makeup oh, no. yeah we should do a podcast in clown face we should film it well, hang about. isn't this a hate crime dude we, we can't I don't think we can do this clowns aren't a protected group well they should be damn it I'm sick and I tired can... of these poor marginalised peoples <laughs> I can be as circusist as I want heritage you know <laughs> you'd care oh this is one hell of a tangent anyway I get the feeling that um, aside from the specifics of clown related hate crimes we should talk about uh, the main topic of today not clownery sadly <clears throat> yes we are referring in fact to the 1993 film Kamen Rider Zeto not to be confused with Power Rangers Zio or <laughs> The twenty-first century. G-O. Yeah, even though it's spelled in about the same way. So with this one, it's spelled with the you know capital Z, capital O, and so it's you know Zeto rather than yes, pronounced the proper way, not Zio. Yeah, 
I'm going to have to look into the linguistic side of things. When was Z pronounced like that? I don't know. All I know is it inspires hatred within me. We'll have to dig up Tolkien and ask him. Anyway, um, so yeah, Kamarada ZO. For some reason, we've, I've just kind of made this stretch of episodes the 90s Toku ones, because that's just what I've been into lately. It's been a gauntlet of suffering. I, I didn't... I, I, yeah, I suppose so. I didn't plan for this to happen, but we're doing them in order, so I guess we're doing Kamarada J in a couple of weeks. Oh, did J come after Zeto? Yeah, yeah, it was Shin, Zeto, then J. Well, you know, I've got to be um, honest, I really, really enjoyed this film, especially in comparison to the others. Especially, you know, with Shin and Lady Battlecop, they were just kind of boring and dark and stuff. At least this had some good action and decent practical effects. Well, twist the knife more, why don't you? Yeah, as you said, it came out in 1993 and it was billed as a 20th anniversary thing, despite being the 22nd anniversary. But, you know, that's... numbers aren't important. What matters is the fact that you can kind of read Z and O as a 2 and an O, so it kind of looks like 20. Man, that's one hell of a stretch. I mean, a few yeah. years beforehand, they tried a gritty reboot yeah. of Kamen Rider and it didn't work. They keep on trying this sort of thing. I know it's in also the same vein. Man turned into thing against his will, fights for justice and stuff. Well, that's but... what every Kamen Rider up until Yeah, but I was. mean, just in the same vein of making it a standalone Kamen Rider thing. They did it, you know, with um, Skyrider. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, I quite oh, Shin needed more attention for it to be its own thing. It's forgettable. At least Zeto was engaging to me. There's a lot of potential for it. Um, but I, it's fine. Just stop hating on Shin, my man. Come on, I, I'm I'm in my healing phase at the moment. You know, I'll watch it and realize it wasn't as good as I remember it, and then I'll leave it for a, like a half a year or so, and I start thinking it's good again. You're interrupting my healing phase. Dude, I think you've got Stockholm Syndrome for Shin. I like it, okay? I bought the figure out. I got it imported. Stop making me hate the thing I like. You poor unfortunate bastard. I'm regretting my purchases. <laughs> oh, I mean, the figures look pretty and stuff, but the film is a grand disappointment. Just about anyway, any yeah. other biological-based rider off hating this. has significantly Stop. more screen time. I want to talk about the cast. Very well. We'll have to stick with the <laughs> structure of the show. Let's talk about the cast and crew of Kamen Rider Zeto. So it was written by Noburu Sugimura, who uh, also did a few things like uh, Lupin the Third Part 2, uh, Sukaban Deco, which is another thing I've been watching lately, which is really fun. Uh, he also wrote on Spielban, Kamen Rider Black, uh, Jiban, Winspector, Soulbrain, Juranger, I'm not going to list them all off. He's worked on a lot of Toku stuff. Wow, impressive. Yep. And it was directed by Keita Amamiya, who we've mentioned um, previously, recently, actually. He did the suits on Lady Battlecop, or at least the front half of Lady Battlecop's suit. Uh, he also was a special effects director in Shin Kamen Rider. You mean the ass? No, no, he did the front half. The other guy did the ass. Ah, oh, yes, he okay. Also... I wondered why Zeto was lacking junk <laughs> in the trunk. <laughs> they didn't have the dedicated ass man on the job. <laughs> That's why he would walk so quietly He wasn't dummy thick <laughs> uh, He was the director and character designer on Zedo And the same again for Jay He also was the director and character designer On Mechanical Violator Hakaida Which I watched the other day It was really, really good uh, mini, mini Ranger review Go watch it. it It's super, really good Oh god, he's going to make me watch it Yes, I am He's going to make me record an episode <laughs> on it. Oh. Uh, he was also the monster designer in Spielbahn Another really good one, watch it 
um, Black Black RX. He's done a bunch of stuff. He also created um, Garo, or at the very least, helped start it. Can never remember which one it is, but very prolific. And he does some good gritty designs. I like his stuff. Hmm. He has never mastered the ass, though. Sadly. <laughs> He's got the front down so, fine, but as soon as the hero turns over, everyone lo loses interest. Flat! Got that Hank Hill ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to wear special gel pads under his ass. Uh, as for the cast, there, there are only a couple of standouts. Um, so, Dr. Mochizuki is played by the absolutely legendary Isao Sasaki. A famed actor, voice actor, and singer. If you have heard a 70s, 80s anime or toku theme, chances are it was sung by him. He also um, did some official dubbings. He did Sylvester Stallone, Christopher wow. Reeve, and David Hasselhoff. But uh, his music is what people mostly remember him for these days. He did the Mazinger Z theme. I would have really, really fashion. wanted... To... <laughs> did he do the same voice for each, or did he do an impression of each? Because I really want to hear his sly. <laughs> uh, so he did the Get a Robo theme, Polymar, Space Battleship Yamato, uh, Grandizer. He did the Go Ranger songs, Jacka, Starzinger, Galaxy Express 39. He's done a load of it, a metric butt ton. Metalda, what's the latest wow. stuff he's done? Uh, he did a song for Zenkaija. Oh, really? The, um, Space Battleship remake songs, as you'd hope. He did Midnight Decker Ranger. A lot of stuff. Very prolific. I, I love his music. Of course, that's Man. just because I love Toku and Mecha themes, so it's, I was going to love it anyway. I'm glad he's still going. I mean, that oh, yeah. that film was 28 years ago. I feel old. No, he's 78 and he's still going strong. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, also, Kenji Oba plays one of the martial arts dudes. Uh, Kenji Oba also... Um, was in Battle Fever J as Battle Kenya and Denzi Man as Denzi Blue and also Special ah. Gavan. That was, that's just it. I'm not going through the rest of the cast. Those are the only ones with real things of note to talk about. I just pointed it out because I knew that if um if I don't, then the one comment we'll get on this will be someone saying, well, well, actually, you missed out Isao Sasaki's involvement in this. I, I can't quite take you guys seriously anymore. Strange for someone to take us seriously. Quick, Matt, quick, edit all that out so we look like idiots and so they'll engage with our stuff. To Don't use my real name, you fool! Ah, your name... Oh, sorry. Don't no! No! All is lost. We're leaving this in for the sake of... <laughs> the Fae can control you now. They know your true name. Oh, no. Kayfabe has been broken. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yes. Uh, we live in a world ruled by Ursula K. Le Guin rules. So now you can all control him and make him do My man, want. you are one of the few people I know who would make an Earthsea reference. I love you. Uh, I, I know you do, dude. We've been friends for ages. Man, um, this is Rex's mini-review. Read the Earthsea books. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Don't watch the film. Oh, dear God, no. Um, yeah, Le Guin's work is always quite uh, progressive, especially for the time it came out. Especially for Earthsea, it had um, uh, non-white protagonists. And if anything, it described any characters that were white in sort of an antagonistic way. Because, you know, they were described as having really cold eyes, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really cool look at fantasy where you need to know the true name of something. And yeah, it's pretty good. I'd, I'd recommend it. Uh, read Earthsea. Here's an idea. Ursula K. Le Gun. <laughs> and it's all the same. 
except that they have guns. <laughs> For well. all of her works. Yes. <laughs> I just I think that would kind of go against a lot of the um messages she was trying to convey. It would resolve a lot of problems. Be... It would resolve a lot of problems. It'll very cause quickly. a lot more too. Well yes, but you can also resolve those very quickly no. with the guns. With more good guys with guns. I'm sorry, yes. is this the fantasy equivalent of Cool Cat Stops a School Shooting? Uh, you already make that reference because you just found out about that goddamn film. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but the but listeners yes. don't. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to request us to uh, do an episode on the Cool Cat series, you could also donate to our Patreon, which we don't have. Yeah. Um, in, donate with your prayers. We'll feel them in our hearts. What was it? Um, likes, charge, reblogs, cast. Oh, no, I've just added myself as a Tumblr user of a certain age. <laughs> What the hell are we talking? Okay, so we finished the cast and crew. Then we were on a hell yeah. of a tangent. Oh yeah, Comrade Zero. Yes, yes. So we'd finished the blokes involved. Oh, what else is on the schedule? Next up is the plot discussion, where we basically just kind of give a brief summary, uh, where I get bored halfway through and just summarise the end in a sentence or two. This film has bugger all plot. Yeah. This film's story is terrible. It's full of holes. It explains nothing. It is just ass. See, but I was convinced. I was convinced that there was some kind of uh, what's kind of supplementary stuff that explained holes in the plot. But I've been going through the um, Kamen Rider wiki page, and it's just nothing much on there that says, "Oh, by the way, this is explained there." So I must have just imagined. Oh yeah. Backstories and just kind of somehow ex accepted it through some kind of weird confirmation bias. I don't know how I've done that. This film has asshole in terms of plot-related stuff, but its redeeming qualities come in the action scenes and the suit designs. Yes. That's it. That's why I enjoy it. The story's ass, but my god, well, they put some effort into the fights. I just want to step in and clarify there that the, the story isn't bad, it's just not much of a story. So it's not like... Barely fleshed out, nothing's explained. But... It doesn't make you feel bad having watched it, is all. Yeah, the story isn't insulting or anything like that. It's just barely there. So it's not like one of those stories where you're like, well, why are you doing that? Stop, that's dumb. You're just watching it. Like, oh, yeah, cool fights happening every five minutes. That's cool. Lizard fight monkey. Me happy. <laughs> so, yeah, plot. Um, it starts off with what I think is actually one of the coolest introductions to a Kamen Rider ever. And I won't take any criticism Ooh. on this. We, we get like this uh, music box playing, and we've got this, this naked guy sleeping in a weird tree trunk thing, covered in vines and old dead leaves and stuff like that. And then he, he he's awoken by a psychic message, and he, he, he wakes up, and he gets up, and he, he kind of becomes Carmen Ryder, and the logo appears, and he steps through the logo. It's he steps cool. through it's, the damn text. Yeah, now, considering that this was the early 90s... They rotoscoped before... it. Yeah, that was impressive to me. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say from the beginning, they didn't add really anything to a transformation sequence. It's just like, okay, flash a light, boom, Zeto. It makes zero sense, especially considering the basis for why he's transformed. But, uh, hey, you know what? It looks cool. And that um, title sequence made me think, hey, maybe they did put some effort into this movie. Well... They made some effort into filming the movie. I don't think they made much in the way of writing the movie. Is is, is the, oh, the distinction that yes. should be made here. The writing is non-existent. The direction is all there. Oh, yeah. There was one camera scene during a fight that went over a walkway while they were fighting. Yeah. And then went onto the other side. 
there is some and pretty, them. there's some pretty impressive camera work here. There's, there's this one fight scene towards the end where quite a lot of it is done in one shot. There was effort put into this movie, in the very least, the filming of it. It's just that the plot is there to set up fights. That that's all it is. So just literally briefly, it. Zeto wakes up. He's like, oh, something foul is afoot. I should go find a child to protect him. Uh, and then the neo-organism sends Doras to get the kid, you know, Terminator 2 style. So we've got like this, one monster is trying to save him, one monster is trying to get the kid, and blah, blah, blah. That kind of goes. And man, I'm, I'm losing steam trying to summarize the plot already. This. Okay, so I say we talk about the individual plot elements. Yeah. So let's go on to the uh, neo-organism. Now, this was the, supposed to be the culmination of... I sh shoot, I can't remember the bloke's surname. Dr. Evil Person. Dr. Mochizuki. Now, okay, this character comes from the usual school of 90s um, Taku villains, where, of course, the goal is to create the ultimate life form devoid of emotion, etc., etc., perfect in every way, skew <laughs> screw humanity. I mean, it's the same motivation. At least the bad guy in the human centipede was a bit creative. He didn't want to make the ultimate life form, he just wanted to make something with three assholes. I'm not sure we should be levying any praise at the guy who created the Human Centipede. Rangers Mini Review, do not watch the Human Centipede. Whatever, do not do it. Yeah, don't. Dear God, don't. But as uh, it, it's it's a pleasant change from the usual Mad Doctor stuff. But anyway, yeah, there's that's nothing a... <laughs> pleasant about it. Yeah, God no. Uh, but it's different at least. But yeah, you know, standard. Um, Mad scientist thing. I want to make the perfect organism. I want to defy God. I hate my dad. You know the usual arguments. Well, to be fair, if your dad was a comic relief character, would you not want? Would you not hate him as well? True. Yeah, a very inept comic relief character with uh, like two scenes about how wacky he is. Whoa, my invention's gone haywire. If I was mysteriously gonna go missing, I was. I would at least leave a note saying, "Dig God, don't leave my only son." <laughs> In the care of this nutter. Should my creation ever turn rogue and kidnap me and plug me into a wall, please send my child to an orphanage. Do not let my senile old old father take care of him. He will die. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that ever happens, uh, however so, unlikely. And, uh, of course, the uh, first step on the way to creating this ultimate life form uh, led to Dr. Evilface experimenting on... Shoot, I can't remember the protagonist's flesh Who name. Cares? Who yeah, cares? bloke. Uh, he he apparently steals bloke and operates him. And now, okay, in terms of the only stuff he does is gives him grasshopper DNA again. Uh, there's this really there's this again, great line. And he puts it in him, and then there's this great line in the movie where we're having this flashback of of this happening, and the guy says, "No, doctor, no, it's wrong to put grasshopper DNA in people." Like, yeah. You're right, it is. This is not a thing that needs to be said. Cave Johnson would have different opinions. No, no, Cave Johnson wasn't that much of a demon. He just wanted to make Mantis Man. Yes. It's the real American dream. Now, okay, this weirds me out because it's like, okay, so obviously, sure, DNA splicing and stuff, but look at the transformation. It has nothing. It's just like a... It, it basically just changes from him as normal bloke to... Carmen Rider Zetto, something that has obvious armor plating and stuff, doesn't look entirely organic, and yet when, was it Doris, the name of the monster? Yes. It was pulling up information on it. It had like um, a view of like a skeletal thing, so that uh, 
you know, bony plate at the front of it was part of bone and stuff. I'm thinking, hang on, that's something odd. They, they they didn't give a toss about the explanations. They just needed a hero. Don't we all? Like I said, the writing isn't there to provide a an in-depth character study or anything like that. It's just there to get us to cool fight scenes. At least Jay made a bit of sense. Like, okay, fine, he pulls on the spirit of the earth. It's something that's, you know, semi-magical. We're like, sod it, go ahead. But this one's supposed to... is a bit Tree more science-based. Like, yeah. And in the visions, they use the same bloody grasshopper puppet as Shin. And was it the same thing that was later used for Jay? No, I think they did a new one for Jay. I don't remember. I think I remember having a weird head. Hmm. What's with the giant yeah, no, bugs you... as well? Where the hell did they come from? Were they also a, a, a thing from the scientists? Or are they just there? Were they migrating from Australia? Mutants, I, I guess. Hmm. I, I don't know. It, like I said, it's, it's there to look cool. This is one of those things where you... You don't necessarily watch it to be like, wow, this is this is really in depth. <laughs> this you guy's literally go, oh, me. Wow, I can relate to this. No, no, you, you just watch it to watch two bug men punch each other. That's mm. what you get. And you get it good. Um no, it's yeah, it's literally just one fight scene after another. You got the um the initial one where he's saving Hiroshi from Doris and ends up impaling him. That's sick as hell by you know, running him off the edge with his motorbike. I love that. Um, um Yeah, I think the plot is literally just little boy gets attacked by monster, rider saves him from monster, rider in human form just tries to explain himself to kids, chasing him down and stuff. There's a dojo or some other crap that no one cares about. And it's like, okay, then another fight scene. They go to the spider dimension. He beats the piss out of a stop-motion spider. Um, that was really cool. Oh, it's amazing. I like the stop-motion stuff. Then there's some crap about, hey, even though your dad's an absolute monster who created these things and mutilated me, you should still care about him. And some crap about a music box that acts as a plot element. And then... Well, he mentions he mentions that Dr. Mochizuki wasn't always a bastard. Hmm. And then, so... yeah... Kid gets stolen away to evil base. Stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really hard. I find it easier to summarize a more in depth plot than it is to summarize a plot that's barely there because I always end up running out of steam because there's nothing much to say about any given element. Oh yeah. Like I, I don't know. I'm I'm. It was confirmed. I think a couple of years ago that this was meant to build up into a, a whole TV show. Um, and there are a lot of elements here that could be expanded into a TV show. And you know, for it to be a pretty decent cast, you know, but it just isn't. And so they, you know, the the dojo guys turn up for like a scene, and then they're gone. They they'd be pretty fun, um, kind of supporting characters, but they don't add anything to this except for one of them becomes a is put in danger briefly. So Kamen Rider has more of a reason to care about the fight. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. It 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 matters not because it all culminates in meeting the. Neo life form, which okay, so obviously they they discovered the joys of special effects for this film, yeah. And so the neo life forms in like a little pool. Now, then some strange thing comes out of the pool, like some metallic circle, and then it's like this Ooh, green, it's like a condom, and then this, this sort of yeah, that. this humanoid form sort of squeezes out of it, like some kind of creepy rubber puppet. Is that the life form, or like some sort of psychic projection of it, looking like a kid? That. It's 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 like a manifestation of the life form trying to mimic um, the Doctor's kid. Okay, that makes sense. Now, from initial screenshots of this before I watched the film, 
I thought it would have been something like stop motion, but no, it was an actual puppet, and it was creepy as hell. Yes, I find that it's easier to kind of forgive janky special effects if there's a kind of in-universe reason for it. Like, he's trying to mimic a human. It's like, oh, yeah, mm. yeah, I suppose something inhuman would have a hard time mimicking it. That's definitely the reason why the animatronic's a little bit janky and the lip sync doesn't quite sync up properly. That's definitely it, and not the fact that they cheaped out on it. Honestly, if it wasn't so heavily featured, I think it probably would have been stop motion. Mm. Either way, it's a, it's a cool design for a main villain, uh, main rider villain thing. Oh yeah. I just wonder what the uh, distinction between Doris and the Neo organism is like. We never see the actual is thing. His mind split between the two things. I'm, uh, yeah. Oh no, the actual thing is that liquid yeah. in the pool, or maybe it's just a. Yeah, brain. I mean, from what we see of it in its early stages, it's just a brain and a stem in a jar. Um, yeah. Why would you want to build the ultimate life form? Because you're a really, really insecure bugger. And especially because he has his own son. It's like, dude, why not look after that thing? <laughs> Just throwing your kid in the background. Oh, no, kid's, kid's playing a music that. box to the ultimate life form. Got to push him out and neglect him. No, you might teach it joy. <laughs> like, man. Stop it, you'll trigger yeah. emotions in it. As for it um, having all these projections and stuff, and I'm assuming Dora has to be just um, essentially a limb controlled by it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. the Japanese are big on psychic entities, so, yeah, it, you know, its existence kind of transcends the physical, but none of that is explained. It's just like, oh, okay, he went from making a brain in a jar to some sort of powerful psionic entity. And I'm thinking, how? How? As you do. I've never, you know, the the only reason I I can kind of understand villains wanting to become the perfect being, like like Cell in Dragon Ball, how he wants to become the perfect being. I can get that. I too would like to become a perfect being because then presumably I'd never need to poop again. But wanting to create a separate entity from you as perfect, you're just you're just opening yourself up to making some kind of weird evil overlord thing. Not why would that ever go well? Especially with this monster, because basically. He's just miffed because um, Dr. Evilface decided to have a moral crisis near the end. It's like, oh, hang on, I don't want to finish this. And he's like, no, finish this. And therefore, he stuck him to a wall. Now he's just threatening his son to I'm not, yeah, there's finish There's so much him that don't explain this because you keep calling him Dr. Evilface. But he's I can't remember. I don't give a toss about. I don't give a toss I'm, about I'm the not, names of these no, no. characters. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care about that. I don't care about you not knowing their names. I bet. I only know Mochizuki because it's a neat name and it sticks in my mind. It's not about the characters. It's just about how the name itself sounds. Um, that's not what I care about. It's the fact that you keep calling him evil, and I'm. I'm not oh, well, sure if they're. I, I know. I mean, he has. He, he has a moral to... flip partway through, but there's no motivation for him wanting to experiment on bloke and turn him into some sort of insect-human hybrid. But there's there's no context given for any of his actions. Now, sure, he does turn a man into a grasshopper man against his will. That's pretty bad. But at the same time, the same man says, "Oh, he, he wasn't always like this. He he was once a good, caring man." And then at the end, he's all like, "Oh no, you! I sent the psychic message. You've got to stop the monster I made." So there's, there's really nothing explained about like why he neglected his son and made a weird pseudo son. There's loads of stuff like if he was given more of a backstory, then I think he might be. I suppose that could be levied at the rest of the movie though. If it was given more, it could be this. All right then, I'll call him so Doctor Misunderstood. 
Doctor misunderstood face. That doesn't roll off the tongue quite as Doctor easy. needs therapy face. Yeah, but then that's not very specific. A lot of antagonists clearly need therapy. You know what we should call him? Dr. Mochizuki. That's way too many syllables, but sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's... The whole... These films, especially these Kamen Rider films from this this kind of era, are very hollow. And, I mean, they, they tried with Shin to have a more involved plot. And then they just gave up after that failed. So this, uh, a lot of these kind of direct-to-video or stuff like that, it, it, there's just nothing to them. Like I said, I watched Akaida recently. There's no plot to that. Like, they mention things that could be extrapolated into a plot. But then all we follow is the hero fighting. So it's... If these were expanded, I mean, there's a manga that was made for this. Maybe the manga goes into more detail. I know Dr. Mochizuki was out-and-out out evil in the manga. So you were half right. Yay! Uh, but no, as far as this goes, it's just it's incredibly hollow. Like we keep saying, you, you watch it for the fight scenes. And thank goodness it's only 48 minutes long. Oh, yes, it was easily digestible. Any, any, any longer than that. Yes. If the best way I can endorse this is by saying if you want to sit down if you want to show someone Carmen Rider and say yeah this is, mm. this is kind of what I'm into there's other stuff but this is kind of like it and yeah sitting down 48 minutes watch Carmen Rider Zedo there's potentially you can, you, someone could see why you'd like this kind of thing from Zedo they won't be left feeling kind of confused and weird after having seen a, a naked man's butt in Shin or anything like that you know <laughs> I thought the naked man's butt was in Lady Battle Cup oh no no we get the mark of a good 90s Toki film is Man Butt. That's why Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla is a masterpiece. Ah, yes, true. So uh, any aspiring filmmakers out there, if there's one lesson you take away from, from Rangers Filmmaking 101, it's that you should absolutely put more Man Butt in your films. Hmm. You can't, you can't do Lady Butt because that'll raise the age rating. But men's butts, fine. Yeah, there's nothing sexual about men's butts. No, not at all. No, not at all. Just we just appreciate a good butt. I mean, we should do an episode on butts. Yeah, defo. Yeah, spandex butt armor. <laughs> we should get we should, we should we should we should get the guy who designed Lady Battle Cup's butt in as a guest. Yeah. If we could, I would. Just, I would talk to him exclusively. Just some sort of <laughs> talk to him exclusively about the ass. An ass aficionado podcast. Uh, so hello, uh, we've been having a look at your resume here, and it says that you designed uh, Lady Battle Cup's. Uh, ass. Would you like to tell us more about that? You know, the guy just says, "Oh well, actually, I've done uh, a lot more. So, I mean, uh, more recently, I've been involved in such and such a project than this." Oh no, no, we we just want the ass. Mm, then we get another guy who says, "Well, I'm more of a boob guy actually, and I am completely enraged." Get out of here! Do not Please. darken this podcast any further. Sickening. But no, you know, we're a nice open group here. We take ass men. We take um, every other kind of person. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for Kamen Rider Zeto. The hero with, unfortunately, very little in the ass department. The assless wonder. The assless wonder. <laughs> oh, you know, man. Yeah, look, I've there's really not much to talk about this movie. It's fine. It's fun. 48 minutes, bing, bang, boom, you're out. It's good. It's fine. You've, you've had a fun time. 
I really, really appreciate the effort put into the practical effects and the yeah. suit designs, like especially for Doras. So it looks like this really cool, edgy sort of, you know, cyborg-like bug monster. It's got like a shoulder cannon-like thing, Predator-style, popping out from the shoulder, um, like, you know, inside the joint. Um, some of the effects are kind of weird, like um, how it can just turn into a little ball thing and also the tail. I thought... I thought the ball was like a core thing that kind of attracted scrap metal and built the body around it. Hmm. The tail's weird. Did you see the tail when he approaches the kids? Oh, wait, it kind of... Yeah, it kind inside, of like yeah. invaginates inside. And it's just... Okay, is invaginate a real word? Yeah. Um. So the actual action... So, uh, yeah, um, comes from like a medical condition. So basically the action is more akin to, you know, those folding telescopes, like a spyglass. Yes. Like that just kind of folds in. What does this have to do with medical stuff? It's a wonderful condition called interception, but uh, we'll have the listeners Google that. It's best not to talk about it on the podcast. Is it really that bad? Oh, yeah. They had some really neat touches in the practical monster department. And of course, because it was the 90s, they had that weird biological vibe going on. But it was still mm. kind of good. I mean, it did it well. Did it better than Shin. I remember some of the aesthetics in Jay, which had a similar vibe. And yeah... They looked fine. They looked good. It looked cool in the fights. Yeah. There was effort put into it, and that's yeah. what I was there for. I'm like, okay, I'm obviously not expecting a science fiction masterpiece, but I got some really satisfying fight scenes, some excellent suit design, and... Some nice stop motion. Oh, defo, yeah. It was satisfying because they did it in a way that it wasn't to replace the live action, but obviously it was for full body shots. They had some nice close-up shots of uh, him fighting the spider monster, and that was fine. There's also a bat monster that looked absolutely horrifying, but the fights there were kind of boring. But Well, there's, it, it's harder to, yeah, to show something actually flying, I suppose. But they kind of had to do a bat monster because that was the second monster Kamen Rider fought. And, yeah, of course they have this sort of um, obsession with keeping up tradition. It's not even consistent because some shows just don't do the spider and then bat thing. Not that it matters, it's just kind of weird how they do it sometimes, but then not others. Like, if you're going to do it, either way, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, no, it's from a design point of view, these are absolutely godlike character designs, especially the spider lady. I adore that spider lady. It's, it, I just wish she did more than just flail around a bit when she's not stop motion. And they had to obviously. You know, use the stop motion sparingly, so her fight isn't very well filmed. Yeah. Aside from the stop motion bits. I feel like they did what they could with the budget they had. That said, I'm, I, I like stop motion anyway, so I'll take whatever I can get, especially in Kamen Rider, you know? Mm, this isn't the Citizen Kane of superhero fight scenes, but it's, it's fine. It is enjoyable. It is probably something I would mm. show to someone who has never seen Tokusatsu and say, you know, this sort of thing. It's got, it's got this nice blend of yeah. uh, Japanese uh, oddity and also nice fight scenes and costume design. Yeah, the, these films are also a really good indicator of whether or not you'd like Showa stuff. Like, if you've only watched um, Heisei, Neo Heisei, or Reiwa stuff, if you want to know her, I wonder if I could uh, watch some Showa stuff. Try these. These are a nice kind of bridge point. Yes. Right? If you like the older aesthetics... Then yeah, maybe try Black, Black RX, and if you like that, then maybe try, I don't know, Skyrider, or then, mm. then the original. It, you can kind of go from there. But if you want to watch you know, a Tokusatsu movie with proper stakes and a plot, then maybe not this one. The music's pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. That little musical number. I love the, I, yeah. 
Yeah. I really love the music box song and I really, really love the ending theme. That's because I've been um, I've been trying to lose weight recently. I've been um, I've been doing a lot of running and exercise. And one of the kind of staples of my exercise playlist is the ending theme for Kamen Rider Zeto. It's just really good. And it's absolutely. I find street. the um, yeah, the song that transitions from the music box is kind of nice, even if it just does end up as the protagonist zoning out, staring at a kid while the background turns into various backdrops. Or standing on a bridge. He's just dissociating. Just you know, give him give him a break, dude. He's had a hard mm-hmm. half hour. And some extra credit toward the film. It ends with uh, probably the best thing. Jesus, man. Scotty. Jesus, man. <laughs> For those who are unfamiliar with the ending, it was oh shoot, I'd forgotten the name of that film. It's in 1992. They're not gonna they're not gonna watch it. Look, if if you want to know the joke we're making, go to go to know. YouTube, type in Jesus Man. It's it'll be the first thing that comes up. You'll you'll understand. Hey Scotty. Jesus. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah. Um, so you know, so it ends with a freeze frame like that. But for a thumbs up, I will make a meme video about it at some point. Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's nineties. It's entertaining. It will get you through. Bike transformation sequence was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it kind of had green flames. There are a lot of cool moments in, and you'd be like, oh, that's cool. Never explained anything about the bike. At least with Black, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, this is, you know, his bike has also been changed. But no, it's like, it doesn't even mention the bike. Again, no, no, if it were Jay, it would make sense, because he's got some sort of medical stuff about him. Well, he's a car rider, he's got to have a bike. Hmm. Well, you prefer he had a car? I don't know, he could take the bus like Shin. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how he travels. Well, presumably, yes. No one else gives him a lift. <laughs> oh no, sorry, Shin. You don't have a helmet. You, legally, you can't ride my bike on pillion. You you got to walk. And then drive just offers three other common riders a lift, so he doesn't have to have Shin in his car. Oh yeah. Any excuse just not to take him along. I'm assuming he smells awful as well. Look at him. You take a look at Shin and tell me you think that man smells good. Hmm. I mean, the film ends with him walking through the sewers. Uh, when he transforms, his skin has to split. He's probably... He, 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 there's no way that man is pleasant to be around. I wonder what happened to that funky fetus. Um, probably died. Or ascended to a higher plane of existence. I think it was the latter. Or he ate it. Are grasshoppers known for cannibalism? Hmm. Humans are known for cannibalism. Well, right, but it's not a defining thing like mantises, though. Oh, I'm not a scientist. No, nor am I, and therefore we can't turn men into weird grasshopper things. Or attempt Where's to the fetus, Toei? Show us the fetus. <laughs> what happened <laughs> to the okay? fetus? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem with these 90s films. You kind of run out of steam partway through. Uh, there's only so many times you can say, it looks good, but yeah, the story's crap. Yeah, we've covered the film. I mean, if you, it's got that sort of grungy 90s aesthetic. It's, it's a bit dark. Hey it's kids, do you remember there. the 90s? Then watch this movie. You'd, you'd probably like it. It's it's watchable. You won't cringe watching it. It's got bugger all in the way of plot. But yeah, it's fine. I'm satisfied with it as a Kamen Rider movie. It yeah. has action. It, Hell, it's got everything to keep is, it going. Having better any plot is probably a good thing because there's no weird, embarrassing moments where like, oh, oh no, mum walked in the room at the the worst possible time, oh no, it was so cool a minute ago, there's no moments like that, you know? Hmm. Oh no, the, the the man's lying face down in, in the pool with his butt out, oh, don't, don't look, dad, it's, it's not weird, I promise. 
Yeah. I don't know. I think I think parents would turn their heads when they see the creepy rubber puppet. Like, why is he coming out of a condom? <laughs> Man, that's was that intentional? It's got to be intentional, right? Probably knowing Japan, they don't they don't know how to incorporate. Well, they're about as subtle as HR Giga, maybe less so. <laughs> Giga just designed aliens. You know, there's nothing weird about the alien. Yeah, nothing sexual at all. Just a straightforward evil alien looking things there's, there's nothing weird nothing nothing phallic there <laughs> Does, isn't there a giga cafe or something like that i don't know but i need to go to it just think what you'd be drinking out of <laughs> why is my you know, mug very long <laughs> you know the eggs the, the opening at the top of the eggs they were originally oh, yes, so we... to look like vaginas oh then yes told, then no no giga you can't do that so it's like oh Screw you then. And he made them look like crosses because he tried to think of the most offensive thing yeah. he could. And he made he a had two extra lips. Vagina. Don't call them lips. That's gross, dude. Yeah. Just added extra details into it. Now we're talking about Alien. We're talking about a movie from 79. We, yeah. I, it does not look like it's from 79, does it? No, it's good. It's timeless. I mean, they've got the 70s aesthetic, but yeah. Sort of. No, no, the only, the, only, the only regard it looks like it's from the 70s is whenever you see a computer monitor. <laughs> and even mm. then, even then, it could just be doing cassette punk. Oh, yeah. Now we're completely out of all our Zetto stuff. It, just watch it, dude. It's yeah. fine. It's dandy. It's, yeah, of all the 90s stuff, uh, Toei movies I've watched so far in this cast, it's fine. Just watch it. It'll get you through. I think this is the most I can hope for when I show you something and have you watch it with me, you know? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, I didn't immediately dash your hopes and point out the flaws. <laughs> Not yet. Although I can't help but notice that you took every opportunity to bash Shin, though, so, you know. Ah, yes, true. My boy, my, my poor boy. So, yeah, look, clearly we've run out of stuff to say. That's that's the Zedo episode done. You, you can The time saved not watching the rest of this could be done watching Zedo. Yes. Whatever you're doing. What are you waiting for? Yeah, do whatever it. you're doing. If Go you're in the now. middle, if you're going for a walk, like I do when I'm listening to a podcast, um, just as soon as you get back, just watch Kamen Rider Zeto. It's on Toei's um, YouTube channel. Um, actually, I'm really glad that they're making stuff more accessible. They've even got a couple of episodes of Double Out. They've started with Deno. Mm -hmm. I'm they're testing yep. the waters but I yeah I hope it picks up because in the very least they're going to be getting ad revenue from it it's going to they'll be able to see just how popular it is in the west um they've expanded out into the Amer um, United States hopefully they'll bring some stuff over to Europe yeah it'll um, save us from the hassle of having to get it from other parties and stuff and well you know I really do appreciate subbing groups I appreciate the effort they put into it but when it comes to these oh, yeah. sort of international things, piracy can be the only route. Like, if there were a more convenient way of consuming this media, we would gladly uh, pay for it or withstand ads. That's not to say we commit any acts of piracy, though. Not at all. We're good boys. We're upstanding pillars of the community, and I definitely don't torrent or anything like that. It would be very bad of you to do, so don't take away from yeah, this podcast that you should do that at all. We are the goodest boys. Definitely don't go to nyad.si and torrent to episodes of Kamen Rider. So, anyway, this is Hypnopotamus Rex signing off. For the love of God, watch Kamen Rider Zeto. It's satisfying. This is Kamen Ranger. I'm going to go look up that weird medical thing you were talking about. <laughs>